0: This podcast is brought to you by Startup Socials, a global community of entrepreneurs built to connect and empower people in the startup ecosystem.
1: Socials, and your wonderful host, Igor Shifut. And uh, today we have uh, Laura Boucher with us. She is a renowned author and a person who has forgotten more about branding and startup branding than most of us will ever learn, but hopefully with her help, we will learn a little bit more than we know right now so Laura would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit better than I did and then I'm happy to answer to ask you all well, to answer to but to ask you a bunch of questions
0: well hello everyone uh, and thanks for inviting me I'm happy to be here and happy to be sharing uh insight with with your audience that are probably entrepreneurs that are at some crucial stage in their growth where they really need this kind of insight to take their brand to the next level. Um, so about me, I've been working as a mentor for IT-related startups for the last four years. Uh, I've had the opportunity to mentor 97 and more than 97 startups and more than 300 entrepreneurs that make part of those startups. And what we do is we just start from zero, and during the course of eight weeks end up developing a full brand with a story with visual symbols and with a very clear growth strategy Um, I'm originally a business major and uh, did a master's in design management so it kinda all comes together in the world of branding
1: Uh, Laura, what would you say, uh, probably a strange question to start with, but I love strange questions. What would you say is the main misconception when people, especially start talk about brands and branding?
0: Well, the first idea that I have to fight with is this idea that it's too expensive for me to afford. And so that would be number one. I can't really afford this, it's too expensive, it's beyond my budget, it's not the right time. And then number two, which is really close, is only big companies should worry about this. I'm not at a stage where I can be concerned about it because I don't have the resources, I don't have the traction, I should focus on the product, it's not. It's too early for brand. So those are the two main misconceptions, I would say. With the second one being, I found it in, in, in a lot more entrepreneurs' uh this idea that branding is ornamental or that it has to do with decorating and that is something you can do at the last minute when in reality branding is something that starts when your very product starts brand and product don't compete brand is product and everything that surrounds the product including experience so it's it's really fascinating to see how startups start changing in their approach to branding, and they start telling a story through their product. It's it's one of the things that I enjoy the most.
1: Thank you so much. Um, talking about brands, uh, I, I'm sure one of those things that we all hear here and there before we even start a startup, or even if we haven't started a startup, which is rebranding. Do you mm-hmm. sometimes recommend rebranding to people who already believe they have a brand?
0: Well, rebranding is one of those areas that if you are doing lean branding, if you are actually building, measuring, and learning from the different um, areas of your brand, the different uh, touch points of your brand, if you're consistently measuring these things, you're going to run into situations where it becomes necessary to adjust. So you end up either adjusting your symbols, so redesigning the visual aspect of your brand, or you end up repositioning that story kind of changing a little bit the way you're approaching the market the words that you're using you know the situations where you're trying to capture your customer and then you could also just you know do the basic rechanneling where you just need to change the outlets that you're using to share this story so there are many ways to engage in rebranding and my suggestion is always Keep in mind that no brand has got it all down, not even the big ones. They still make mistakes. They still evolve. They still change. So when you're facing this situation where you think you might need to adjust something, always weigh the costs and the benefits, and that should give you a good place to start.
1: Got it. Um, In in terms of uh, the very notion of uh, branding is there a difference uh, and if yes then what is it between branding or brand and an identity?
0: Well with these terms in the design and business world it it always happens that you, you find gray lines where terms overlap and they can be used interchangeably or as synonyms Um, When you hear about identity in the design world, it's usually referring to visual identity uh, in terms of, you know, the brand manual, which is all these guidelines that companies and designers work on so that everyone's on the same page and whenever you have to develop an application for the brand, it just comes out cohesively. So identity is often seen as the visual, uh, the visual side of the brand. Of course, you know some designers take it a step further a step further and actually develop that identity into voice, tone, um, buyer personas. They incorporate all of these elements that are very, very important. So the way I see brand and the way the book interprets brand is like a threefold entity where you have a story that's at the core of everything. It's your value creation story. It's how you change the customer's life and then that story is represented by by the visual symbols so your logo your color palette typography imagery everything that supports the telling of the story and there's a third level which is the strategy and people often forget that this is also part of the brand the way you decide to share it is as much part of the brand as the logo is so Um, I like to see brand as this three-part structure, and whenever I talk to entrepreneurs, it seems like they finally saw the light after reading so so much text and so many blog posts and articles and books about branding that introduced it as something abstract, hard to understand. But when you see it in these three components, it suddenly becomes easier to digest. So it's helped a lot.
1: Thank you so much, Laura. So, you had great success with your book, Lean Branding, and uh, I hope we'll get back to that in in a question or two. Uh, But uh, in working with uh, entrepreneurs, uh, what you have to deal with, and you've worked with almost a hundred companies and several hundred entrepreneurs, but what you have to to deal with is personalities the kind of uh, people people with their very strange very peculiar psychology because let's face it entrepreneurs are really out there and yeah. <laughs> in many ways um so can you tell us what would be your and i know it's a tough question but uh, please humor us uh, what would be your favorite <laughs> what would be your favorite type of, the kind of entrepreneur that you would look at, would start talking to, and would say, wow, he or she would be such an awesome freaking brand. This person would be awesome. And on the other hand, what, what would be your uh, least favorite you would talk with and, and say, oh my God, this guy or this lady, she's a nightmare. How am I going to turn her? So I would love for you to talk about that. Okay. You put me in a, a very
0: weird situation here.
1: <laughs> well, make them up. Pretend that the blonde was dark-haired. I know loose. who they are.
0: I know who they are. The thing is, I don't think they know who they are. So when they're here, it's going to be terrible. Um, okay, so I'll I'll just try to make this as non-identifiable as possible. So. Please. For the entrepreneur that I really like to work with, it's usually someone who's working on a startup that solves a personal need. Like, you know, they approach me and they're like, you know, I I couldn't really find, I don't know, a way to listen to music online when I was in school and like nothing was simple, everything seemed so clunky and complicated and I came up with this. I love working with this because in lean branding, you need to be very connected to your audience and to your um, buyer personas. And if that buyer persona resembles you, then all of our research suddenly becomes a lot easier. This is not to say that you know that startups that don't solve their founders' personal problems cannot succeed or cannot you know apply lean branding. It's just I prefer working with entrepreneurs that are also their target market it's kind of something that I have a I like it I just I just think it's easier and then on the other side um, there's also you know the entrepreneur that struggles a little bit more so you'll always find that people in highly technical backgrounds and I, I don't mean that developers can't engage in this process or have a harder time doing it I'm just saying specific, types of developers have a harder time understanding the value of brand. So sometimes I'll sit with someone that does not believe that design adds anything to the equation and it's really hard you know to prove that there is a value in design that very successful startups are starting to show that without it they might not even have a value proposition or a key differentiator. So it's Oh, well. I love developers, but um, they sometimes give me headache. <laughs> um, a headache.
1: A very diplomatic, yet uh, a very clear answer. So I, uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> forgive me, my addition of that would be, hey guys, if you're programmers, you really also can be a great brand, but you should listen to somebody who is telling you how to become a great brand.
0: Exactly. Take some guidance. <laughs> from the
1: rest, exactly. Um, uh, going further with uh, strange questions um, <laughs> of uh, <laughs> of entrepreneurs and brands, uh, does it happen sometimes that uh, a brand uh, is either uh, positioning itself uh, as a competitor of a much bigger, much stronger brand, or positions itself as to similar or some other brands. In other words, uh, is that a case sometimes that there is a big, very dominant brand that uh, entrepreneurs should be aware of and they're not? And what should they do when uh, there is somebody around in their segment who's doing something somewhat similar and you talk, they talk to people and they say, oh, you're like Slack. Or you're like, mm-hmm. well, God forbid, Google, or oh, you know, no. something huge, and they say, "Oh my God, no, we're not." And yet, every time they're talking about their product, people say, "Oh, sure, you're like X, Y, Z. You're like Dropbox."
0: hmm it, it happens all the time. People always think that their idea is um, like their their idea is as novel as they as it's in their heads, but they don't really take the time to do some serious benchmarking and figuring out if if really there isn't anything that could substitute the product that you're trying to sell or if there isn't anything that even if it's not optimal like just like a 1.0 solution for your problem, it's still out there, it still exists and it should still be taken into account because it's the way that your customer has been solving the problem for so long. So. Yeah, whenever someone comes to me and is like, "I don't have competitors, I'm the first one," there's some serious lack of research there. Usually, uh, because the answer is never, "I don't have a competitor." If your need is real, if the need you're addressing is real, the answer is usually, you know, there's this substitute, or there's this thing that I have to that I have to compete with. There's this early idea of my of my. Um, Yeah, early version of my idea that I have to compete with. So, yeah, people should always be mindful of the fact that we live in a world where ideas are becoming less and less uh, unique and execution is becoming more and more key to success. So execution above ideas is starting to become sort of the standard that we have to work with.
1: Thank you, Laura. I'm I'm already learning a lot about branding. So hopefully, you, you can you can you can lots of you guys can uh, can get a lot from this conversation uh, from Laura's answers. Um, one thing that I always wondered about in. Uh, best-selling books and blockbuster m- movies, not so much in all the you know well uh, paid for huge budget movies, but strange obscure things, all the you know little books like Living Las Vegas written by completely unknown authors is how they become huge brands, how they get this very cultish following. And uh, in my humble opinion, a lot of that happens when they're really intellectually brave, when they're very provocative, when they're very kind of purple cowish, when they stand out and cross certain things that others are afraid to cross. When they are really, I don't want to use the word weird, but maybe for my (laughs) lack of English, I I would use it since I'm not a native speaker. But uh, all in all, when you look at really, really blockbuster uh, games, films books etc you see something where people are really the creators are really intellectually brave as far as branding does that work do do people in order to be a, really standing out in order to be a really outstanding brand that people uh, pay attention to do they also need to cross certain borders and be unafraid or what are the you know either the philosophy or the tricks of your trade in this respect
0: Sure, there's always a place for being daring and being innovative and you know, disruptive. I guess it's, it's like the word that best represents that idea. It's you have to go into a pretty saturated marketplace. You you really do need to bring something different. And we keep seeing how new startups come up with stunts and all sorts of guerrilla marketing campaigns that are really groundbreaking in in their nature. And I guess the important advice there is let your imagination run wild but then be informed by data and be informed by your audience whenever you are developing these concepts because as creative as they might be, if they're disconnected from your audience, their desires, their needs, you know, their profile even, their psychographic profile, if they're detached from that, it's going to feel like so what? And it should never feel so what at the end of the day it should it should really have a function, it should have a role, and there should be a clear call to action in whatever you're doing
1: uh, thank you very much uh, one of um one of the one of the key things uh, that I see in your writing, and I looked very quickly through it, uh, but I definitely plan to read it more carefully. Uh, I hope you do. <laughs> I definitely will. I promise. It's super interesting, and I recommend it to everybody. Is uh, that uh, concept of lean branding? What uh, what sets apart lean branding from just you know branding?
0: That's a a great question and it's actually the reason why I started writing the book. Uh, I'd have to go to like the first time that I talked to an entrepreneur, a very early stage entrepreneur and I found that branding seemed really foreign to him and it's something that he thought was beyond him, like beyond his budget, beyond his needs. And I realized that just like developers have you know lean methodologies to like frameworks and and, and other kinds of open source uh, resources to speed up their their development process, they should also have these kinds of resources to speed up brand development processes like It seems like we want to start out with a blank canvas you know like let's create a brand and it's like a blank sheet and it's going to take forever for someone to break the block to make the creative block especially if they're not in the in the design space it can take a while and it can be frustrating so what I did was I started developing a series of tools that could help people that are not insiders in this industry in this space to use the benefits of branding to grow to grow their their companies to grow their products to grow their services and what I've seen is it, it's helped people that are, you know, building a tech product and it's also helped people that are building their own consulting brands. So solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, it's 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 really all over the place right now.
1: I think this is super useful. You you guys, uh, those of you who really think that, uh, you know, gosh, branding, that sounds too big. This is for large corporations. I think the, your, your starting point should be the Lean Branding book and, uh, and or a conversation with Lori. She is available for this conversation. Uh, a simple question. Uh, uh, who are your heroes uh, in terms of, not necessarily in terms of big political, philosophical figures, but if you want to talk about them, but who are your heroes in the sense that you're constantly reading them, thinking about them, learning from them and believe that you maybe even owe some of uh, the debt to them, not necessarily for the whole branding thing, but for uh, becoming the visionary, the speaker, the thinker that, that you are right now.
0: That's actually an interesting question because I always find inspiration from everyone that I meet, like even you right now and, and everyone. Just, I meet everyone and I just kind of like to take something from each person. But in, in terms of the branding practice, I would definitely have to say that I'm influenced by David Ogilvie, uh, which was a big, big voice in the world of advertising. He came up with some of the concepts that are normal to us now he championed copywriting he's done so many important things for the world of marketing and advertising in general and just an overall brilliant man how he built his company from scratch um, how when you go to New York and you go into the Ogilvy building there's still you know pictures of him everywhere and he's just still inspiring to an entire generation of advertisers and copywriters so he's he's always been very um, special to me in that sense and then I'd have to say it, Walt Disney has been a terribly influential figure in my life. Um, Everything from the idea of taking nothing and turning it into something, which he did brilliantly, to that idea of legacy, that you're not here just to make money and die, and pay bills for 90 years and die. Um, You're here so that when you die, people remember you. And they remember you for something that you changed in their lives. And I, I could so I don't, I don't want to generalize, but I'd say that everyone who stepped into a Disney park feels that way, like something inside kind of changed. So I, I've always liked those two characters. They've inspired me.
1: And I think uh, a part of attraction of Walt Disney is that that definitely was the quintessential kid inside me person, right? Yes. Kid, kid, a a kid, a a kid inside me character, right? question that I have for you is uh, more not so much about the current state, but the future uh, where you're dealing with entrepreneurs. You are an entrepreneur yourself, first of all, and secondly, you're talking with us the, the weird ilk, uh, probably more, more than you should, more than is good to your mental or physical health. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're infecting each other, right, the entrepreneurs. We're infecting each other with enthusiasm, with uh, dreams, with vision of better future. We're really, really very strange people. What are you dreaming of? What, are, what is your, not necessarily the one big dream, but what are your dreams in general? What do you, where, I, I know this sounds like a very stupid standard question, no, but no, I, I no, love this question. All. It's fine. <laughs> so, what are your no. dreams?
0: So it's going to sound, so my dream, here's my dream. When I first started uh, thinking about the career that I was going to pursue, that career did not exist. Like, I literally could not find a single career in, in in college that combined psychology, business, and design. Like, I wasn't able to find it. So I fought myself through college. I spoke to every single program director you've ever seen. Like I I, I proposed, you know, combining and creating this new minor, major um, program with business and design. And it kind of never really clicked for everyone else. I felt alone in this. And I'm talking about, you know, 2006, 2007. So it's like seven, eight years ago no design like design thinking existed but it was like kept behind the scenes sort of it hadn't really catched on to the rest of um, society so it felt really really weird so I guess my dream is since I did like my undergrad in business and my masters in design and now I'm doing a PhD in psychology is that someday it, what I've learned can help you know an institution or a country or you know someone who has the means to do it can help them create a program for people that felt like me when I started you know people that wanted to combine those those three disciplines that are heavily connected if you think about it So, I'd love to be able to help to assist any initiative in that in that direction in the future
1: the last question uh... Lean branding is a wonderful concept and I think all of you guys listening to this uh, should consider it uh, and we're going to post a link to the book under the interview so you don't need to memorize it, just click the link and you'll get there and uh, if you have any questions to Laura, we'll just forward the correspondence uh, to her. But uh, the question I have for you is really this. Uh, the book is great. It's conceptualizing uh, a major, major need, and you're the person who could uh, help further help people further in developing their own uh, branding. What is the next book that you're working on? What is the next uh, missing link? Or what will you write soon? Or maybe not so soon?
0: It's great that you ask because if you had asked me this question, three months ago the answer would have been nothing (laughs) i'm not writing anything i actually spent so much time writing lean branding that i was i don't want to say burned out but i was i was very happy to have a long period of my life without writing (laughs) uh but that changed really quickly so i got in the habit of writing blog posts and i just started my curiosity started going places and The thing that I'm focused on right now is I want to publish a book about how branding and user experience combine to create something that I call charm. So how entrepreneurs at all levels and in every industry can use some really basic principles of both user experience and branding to create charming experiences for their users and their customers. So yeah, it's in the works.
1: Absolutely love it. I, you know, many investors and entrepreneurs who know me, they know how I love the word charm and how I'm always telling them that they need to charm their customers, their investors, their distribution channels, the press, members of their team. That this is this very, very hard to explain uh, and hard to develop, but extremely, extremely important quality in uh, a product, a brand and a person. Charm. I I think it's. I I, I, I think I definitely. You got one reader. Hopefully, you got more readers. So I promise (laughs) you this. I promise you this. When you have, when you're ready, maybe when you have the first chapter, etc. Let's have another interview and talk about your book. And uh, I hope we'll have lots of uh, potential readers for you from our viewers.
0: Great. I'll be happy to come back and discuss that other. Area, which is user experience that I'm also passionate about.
1: Wonderful. And uh, Laura, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Laura Boucher, the author, the speaker, the thinker, the person who (laughs) developed the concept of uh, lean branding and a person from whom we all hopefully will learn a lot. And uh, all of you are more than welcome to click the link we're going to post down here, here. Thank you so much, Laura.
0: Thank you for inviting me. And everyone have a great day and start your branding now.